taking the pulse of the city. The Capital Letter on Newstalk ZB. New Zealand Herald and Wellington Issues reporter Georgina Campbell joins me every week. We call it the Capital Letter. George, I want to start with your article about my favourite road in the world, Transmission Gully. Um, Firstly, I want to mention, because I said earlier in in the hour that someone told Jack and I on the Stella when we were out fishing that they did a feasibility study driving from Paraparam to Wellington for a week on Transmission Gully versus the old, what number is it, Booker Bay Street, the old one, not 59 or whatever they call it now. And it was for their particular car, $50 a week more expensive in gas. I have heard other people saying this as well, Nick, and it's something that um, I want to look into because I think that's quite interesting. And it probably does make sense because there are some really steep climbs in Transmission Gully, right, which would presumably use more gas. That's it. There's an article. Wait, watch out for George. She'll be she'll be on to it. Thanks um, for the hot tip. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, well, thank you for your hot tip because I've just done an hour of talk back on your article. Is it as bad as what we're hearing or what you're writing? I just, when I found out about this, I mean, I just sort of, I laughed out loud, you know, and it, to me it was just so comical that sort of like a week ago, you know, when it was really hot and I was like, oh, summer's coming, the weather was really nice, they had water carts out on Transmission Gully, like hosing it down to keep it cool because they're worried about this thing called flushing and that's when the bitumen seeps through the layer of chip seal and it makes the road sticky and then car tyres can pull it up further and makes a mess of the cars and all the rest of it. So they're worried about it being too hot and then, and then next next minute, it's heavy rain, and they've got fourteen potholes. It's just like what? Should we? And I know that you, more than anyone else in the world, have written about this piece of road. Should we be concerned, or should we say it's just teething problems? It's only eight months old. Let's give it a little bit of a break. Yeah, I think the jury's probably still out on that. But, I mean, I think it's important to remember that they did have concerns with the surface of this road before it before it opened. Remember, they had to redo parts of it. So, like, there was obviously... They were obviously a bit on edge about it. Um, and I'm still sceptical, just personally, in my personal opinion, you know, like whether the road might have opened a little bit too early. Um, I guess we'll see. I mean, it is a big road. It is a big piece of infrastructure. It's not going to be perfect. But I don't know, 14 potholes from two days of rain, not yeah. great, is it? And really, I mean, yes, you are right. We took our jackets off for a couple of days and it was warmer, but it wasn't middle of summer, was it? No. Well, that, I mean, what is it going to be like over summer? Are we going to have permanent water carts on there? And reading your articles, this was built, one of the main reasons was so that we wouldn't have any congestion with weather conditions, earthquakes. Yeah, it, well, the other thing is, Nick, this was this road cost $1.25 billion. In fact, it'll cost even more than that because they still haven't finalised the cost. This is a lot of money. But in terms of your resilience point, Um, that slip did come down on State Highway 59. They're actually starting more work on that this week. That's going to creep into December. So thank goodness Transmission Gully did open. For good, yeah, (laughs) it would have been closed for weeks. For good, so we would have been a real trouble. Okay, George, last week you uncovered a cycleway uh, story along a small section of Wellington's Oriental Parade that has been ripped up for repairs just four years after it was built. Is four years that bad? Are we getting, are we starting to get a little bit you know, well, I'm like, what's picky, worse, picky. worse transmission, transmission Gully or this cycleway? It seems like everything's getting ripped up or needs repairs. But, but four years. Four years. Look, 
I'll put it to you this way. Imagine if we said to Wellington, we're going to like extend the cycle network, which they are doing, to more than 160 kilometres, and every four years we will need to rip it up and redo it. That is totally ridiculous, right? So I just don't buy it that the council is saying, well, actually, we think that's pretty good. If all of our infrastructure only lasted four years, Do we know what I it's would costing? be horrified. It's costing $90,000, and the original project cost $900,000. So it's so 10%. It's 10%. It's a lot. Over four years. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Now you're starting to make me think about that. Uh, Let's talk about buses. One of your favourite topics, because you catch buses. I don't know why. Talk to the boss, get a car park, bring your car in. Yeah, um, funny, this morning I did catch the bus in and I was five minutes late to work uh, because my usual bus came early, which meant... You missed it. I missed it. (laughs) So I was stuck scrambling around looking for an alternative bus. So five minutes late to work isn't too bad in the context of Wellington's bus network. But look, um, they have suspended even more services. I now, think it's 114. Yeah, I just read that, 114 yeah, more. That's a lot. I think that's the the highest number of suspensions in one go that they've announced to date. And it's, I mean, are there going to be any buses left by the time this is all over? Well, I keep thinking back to the photo that we was passed around uh, the office with someone waiting for a bus, and the earliest bus, next bus, was thirty-two minutes, yeah. and there was cancelled, cancelled, eighteen, uh, thirty-two, thirty-six, thirty-four, you know, cancelled, cancelled, cancelled. And I've seen more photos since that photo was taken. That was uh, my partner took that photo, by the way. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> he got an Uber home. He gave up and got an Uber home. I didn't want to expose him you know, <laughs> on radio. But I've seen more photos exactly like that, where people were literally stranded for hours in the middle of town, and um, it's happening all across the country but I just feel like you know it's a climate crisis um, it's a cost of living crisis and we're permanently you know getting rid of buses until they can get enough drivers and and people like you that are pushing and rightly so I'm not having a crack at you pushing this whole modern world of getting moving and doing all these things it hinges on the bus is actually turning up on time and getting people from A to B, doesn't it? Yeah, if we want Wellington to be a modern, thriving, slick city, we need a good public transport service. I mean, you know, they want to put in light rail. We can't even get the buses going. Okay. Uh, A leading expert's warning us, George, that uh, housing uh, de- Class, de, was it desensitisation? De- that's the word I'm looking for. Rules could lead to homes being built in terrible places and at risk from natural disasters. What's the story? Yeah, gosh, maybe we should get a more positive story on Capital Letter <laughs> next week. It's a bit doom and gloom, isn't it? Um, yeah, so this is really interesting. I've been having a chat to um, EQC and their Chief Resilience and Research Officer is concerned that we're about to have a massive housing boom because we've got the NPSUD and the Enabling Housing Supply Bill coming online because we desperately need more houses. And she's sort of saying, well, where are those houses going to go? Let's make sure that we put them in the right places. Um, You know, last week a story revealed that there are concerns about um, almost 700 new homes being built on a floodplain in Napier. Literally two years ago that area was underwater when they had a massive flood. So it's about finding the right balance, right? Um, Yes, we need more houses, but let's not sort of... um, put natural hazards in the back seat because it's just going to screw people over in, you know, a few years in some cases. Worst case scenario? 
Well, worst case scenario, you know, you find you're living underwater. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people just don't want to think about this, do they? I'm but not like, laughing. I'm not laughing. Yeah. I'm just laughing at you. At your, at your living underwater. Oh, well, let's get some submarines in there somewhere. somewhere. Uh, Oh, we're not laughing at the fact of the the, the crisis. We're no, laughing at the, at the. It's a very serious issue, and it's really hard. I mean, places like Wellington, you've got natural hazards left, right, and centre. One thing that I thought was interesting was in Petone. There are parts in eastern Petone where the tsunami evacuation time is up to 40 minutes to get to higher ground. Now, if we had a tsunami from a local source, like the Hikarangi subduction zone or the Cook Strait, it'll be in the harbour in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. George, always bundle of joy on the show. Uh, thank you very much. Capital letter, Georgina Campbell, 